Maybe maybe Andre I'm Johnson because the way he put his hands on Corlin Finnegan. <laughs> 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 the F out of that boy. <laughs> We're now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my guy, my ace, my best friend, Dane Beasley. Dane, how are you doing, my dude? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Slight corrections, episode 63, but I'm going to let you slide. We're not on episode 63. (laughs) No electric, though. You it's sure? 62. Yes. You sure? Yes. You're not, you're not, you're not fooling right. me with this one. <laughs> All right, man. Episode 62 of the Duel Sports and Stuff podcast. And when this mug gets pulled off of Apple and Spotify because it's the naming convention is yeah, famous yeah, last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't the same. We had, no, no, you're not tricking me. You're not making me go back in my notes. <laughs> you're not making me go back in my notes. Uh, episode 62 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. I know we did not have an episode last week. And I kind of want to be transparent for a moment, Dane, because uh, oh, yeah. a few episodes, well, you're not even a few. One of our earlier episodes we had, it was literally titled Take Care of Your Mental. And we were talking about Dak Prescott and, you know, the different stuff that he was going through at the time with his brother and stuff. And, like, it's very important, and we have said that on that particular episode, like, for yourself to take care of, like, your mental health, because it's just as important as your physical health. And uh just wanted to say I really appreciate you, brother, because last week it's, it was a tough one as far as, you know, I'm fine physically and, you know, even mentally now. It's just uh just some tough times at work and stuff. And, you know, last week just wasn't a great week for me to podcast and i appreciate you my brother for understanding that um for the listeners that are listening just a you know a note to you guys to take care of yourself and reach out to people that you know have your best interest that you can lean on for support and advice and guidance and all those great things and i have that with my brother dane here i have that with my wife karina who i love and appreciate so much and a lot of my other people that um, they know who they are that I uh, have contacted and, you know, reached out for, you know, just some words of encouragement and advice. And it really, really, really goes a long way. So, yeah, man, just uh, if you're listening and you are in the same predicament, it might not even be about work, could be about anything that's going on in your life. Just uh, take some time for you to uh, get where you need to be in your life where you're content where you are happy with the situation you're in. And if you're not, try to figure out steps to get there. And um, I really appreciate those in my life that have helped me kind of clear the muddiness that's going on right now and, you know, try to help me get to where I need to be. So I appreciate that so much. Um, Appreciate the listeners that continue to rock with us each and every time we drop an episode. And dang, man, yeah, I I had to say that off the top, man, because it was was on the dome. Hey, man. No, no, no. (laughs) See, that's why this podcast is only presented to you because we are authentic and we keep it real (laughs) in 100. Sometimes, you know what? Mr. Finney used to always tell us, sometimes the grass ain't always green on the other side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And something to that effect of the the water might be off or something like that. But uh, I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea where that was going. 
Oh, that was, you know, it's supposed to, something, something was supposed to come to me, but it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. <laughs> look, look, insert inspirational quote here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, and sometimes, yeah. you don't watch Survivor, do you? Of, of course. Oh, okay, okay. We well, talked you know, about it, remember? This I'll, new I'll, season, at least. I'm sorry, I apologize. Bit. I apologize. I was just making, you know, some, that, well, spoiler alert, that particular episode, too, where it's like, you have to say the secret word or the secret phrase. I mean, he just said the secret phrase, and everybody was like, yeah, boy, what? Yeah. That's exactly what just happened to me. I just said that quote, and I was like, "Why did I say I, that?" <laughs> and all of myself just started laughing at me, like, "Wait a minute, you don't know what I was supposed to be piecing together with that." Anywho, that whatever that the quote been. was, it was like so off the wall. Like the rabbit is out of the hat and now walking towards me. <laughs> it's like <laughs> something just random. Yeah, but yeah, I still, but I said all that to say this. <laughs> <laughs> always, 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 always going to have me in your corner, my boy. And then on top of that, um, this guy is more than a brother to me. Um, and he's been he he and his family. He the entire Epps family has always been there for me uh, since since I was a kid. So they always have a special place in my heart. And it's not even it's, it's not even one of them situations where he has to say thank you. Or I appreciate it for, you know, because that's just what you're supposed to do. It's just known fact. If you if you have best friends, or if you somebody's best man, or if you just your your play cousin, and they can rely on you, you can rely on them. Always have their back, man. And man. it can be something super small or super big. It don't even matter. That's just that's just the code. And, and like my boy Omar Little said, a man's got to have a code. So got to have a code. Always, always got you, man. Um, it's one other thing I was gonna say, and I completely forgot, but. I'm going to go ahead and take a sip of this coke in the water. Take it away, Deontay. <laughs> episode 63. Bro, it is not episode 63. <laughs> 62, you're going to confuse the listeners. Hold on, I'm confused. How the fans doing, man? Sorry. Oh, they're, they're well, man. My dad is in East Texas right now. My uncle, oh yeah, let me shout out my uncle real quick. My uncle Philip Epps uh, used to play for the Green Bay Packers in New York Jets. I need to get him on the podcast. Anyway, he got inducted into the Atlanta High School Sports Hall of Fame this past weekend. So my dad went there and, you know, supported him on the field and he got this nice little plaque and stuff. And so that was really cool to see he's doing well. And of course, my dad was like, man, you know, he got in there. You know, I got I got to be next. I got to be next. So, you know, my dad's waiting his, in line in line to get hey. in, get into the Hall of Fame. Hey, first things <laughs> first. School. First things first. Shout out to Uncle Phil. For real. <laughs> For real. He's the only follow that up. Okay. J. Cole. J. Cole fan stand up. J. Cole fan stand up. But yeah, man, my, my, my folks are doing well. Mom is doing well. Everybody's getting ready for the wedding. Um so yeah, for the listeners, you you guys know that I'm married. We had a small little ceremony back in October. Uh we actually got married then because of COVID, but we're actually having our big ceremony that we paid up bajillion dollars for um, <laughs> that's coming up in november so uh we've been kind of getting prepared for that everybody getting kind of prepared for that it's already I feel like it's it, like it took forever to get here and it's almost a month out so um other than that things are good um as we're recording this people it is international podcast day september 30th so shout out to the other potters of the world that uh you know do their little pod and stuff like that so yeah um yeah, that's how we started this thing, man. I felt that was a good, good, good. I felt like I had to get it, get it off my chest, you know. But um, <laughs> for, for the sports, man, since we took about two weeks off, 
Um, one one of the things that kind of caught my eye in the first few weeks, Dane, was the rookie quarterbacks struggling. And Boy, boys look like garbage. Oh, my bad. Yes. Man. yes. So we got. <laughs> <They're supposed to. laughs> right. Well, that's the question I want to ask you, because like we oh. have Trevor Lawrence. Um, You know, they played tonight. So right now he's 0-3. Zach Wilson, 0-3 with the Jets. We saw mm. Justin Fields get in finally and start a game. But, Woo. you know, it did not go well. Um, we've seen well, Trey Lance nice. in flashes, but I mean, he, we can't really grade him off the little times he's been in the game. Um, but you know, a lot of the times that we've heard over the past few years and even this season, like if you draft a quarterback round one, the intention is to play that guy that season more than likely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, we've seen them struggle right now. Is that, in your opinion, is that the right thing to do? Or like, when did that switch? Because, you know, it used to be like you draft a quarterback early and, you know, they, they're they sitting there. They're supposed to learn the first year. Uh, Dane, Dane's giving me the money hands, says about money. They, they sit the first there. year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but remember how it used to be like, you know, you draft a quarterback, they sit behind the veteran, you know, and then they come in let after me, a year. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you the difference between now and then. Back then, it was about the money. Now, it's even it's it's about even more money. So, with that being said, we are living. We are currently in an age where we are looking for instant gratification. We want the microwave fix versus putting some in the in the slow cooker or putting some on, on the on the grill and let it smoke and you know taking hours and hours and hours to get your product. A long time. I don't know if it's a combination of the fact that either desperation or they just want to throw these boys out there and let them get experience. But I think it just, de- it depends, depends, <laughs> it depends, <laughs> it depends on the, the organization. And it also depends on where they're at in terms of their, their organization build. Well, I guess you can say organization. Some teams that don't have any other option, they're already, they've been at the bottom of the barrel for a very long time. They're going to the throw Jets. that guy out there. The Jets. Jaguars. Yeah. And the Jaguars, they had a, a brief stint where they were on top of the game. They had the number one defense. Like, that defense was amazing. But, Down to the AFC Championship game, yeah. But here we are. Uh, some situations you get to watch. You you get you draft the quarterback in the first round. He gets to sit behind a veteran for a number of games and learn. And then he gets put in the spotlight because he's beat out the veteran quarterback, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a few years. Sometimes that gets to happen. When it happens, it's beautiful because the storylines that come from them are amazing. Um, but then most of the time you have a situation where you get the first round guy or a later round guy and he gets in only because of an injury. Um, my personal experience, I've been through a few of these myself as a Cowboys fan. We had Drew Bledsoe come through. Uh, because he got, I think he was traded. Either he was traded or they let him go and then we signed him. I can't remember how it all went down, but Drew Blissell might have lost his. He lost his job to a guy named Tom Brady. I don't know if you heard him or not, but Drew had got hurt heard, and he uh, came through. Yeah, I think I heard him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, might know about him. Uh, so Drew came through to, to the Cowboys to be with Parcells, and we had this one guy named Tony Romo, Antonio. You might know him by, and he was an undrafted guy, and he sat on the bench for a little while. Learned from a couple of guys and learned from a few seasons from just from watching, as well as having a, a nice, at the time, quarterback slash OC by the name of, I don't know, he might coach for the Saints now, but 
what do I know? That Peyton um, guy. Yeah, that Peyton guy, that Sean Peyton guy. So he sat he sat and learned from Sean Peyton and then after a while he got the you know, got the go ahead to start because of course injuries to Drew Bledsoe. And then yeah. we we got to see, okay, this might be the guy, and then of course the fumbled snap with the field goal, game winning field goal, Seahawks, that happened. So and then fast forward to the day. Present day. Our very own Rain Dakota Prescott. He was a third screen guy fighting for a spot with Jamil Showers, um, fight for the backup spot for Jamil Showers. And then, of course, Tony Romo gets hurt in a preseason game, which he shouldn't have been playing in, versus the Seahawks. And, of course, that comes in because Jamil Showers is hurt. I think he got hurt or injured or something like that. No, Kellen Moore broke his foot, if I'm not mistaken. So he was fourth on the depth chart, not third. Kellen Moore, which, of course, is now the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, was hurt. So a full circle he, moment. <laughs> yeah, full circle moment. Didn't even didn't plan that at all. But I I said all that to say this. Sometimes they're thrown in the spotlight because they have to. Other times it's one of those calculated moves, and then small fraction of the time, injury luck. That kind of thing happens. But I'm not worried about the rookie class, the rookie quarterback class. They got to take their lumps the same way the other guys have at other positions. We see all the time other players at other positions are thrown in there for the sake of desperation or just to get their feet wet and they get drugged in the mud. They get ran over. They get crossed up. They go through those rookie growing pains, but it's going, it's only going to make them better. Some of the greatest quarterbacks that have walked through this league have had horrible piss poor rookie seasons, first season, second season, third season, Peyton fourth Manning season. For sure. It finally slows up, especially Peyton Manning. Oh, man, that boy. But Peyton was pretty good though. But anyways, Back to you, Deontay. Yeah, to go back to what you said about the money situation, I think that kind of plays into it because, like, nowadays you see, like, the Trevor Lawrence's draft, the early Zach Wilson, and those fan bases are so desperate for a winning quarterback. And they're shouting to the teams and the owners, like, man, we paid this guy all this money. Like, he needs to play. Like, regardless of if we have the weapons around him to give make him successful, if we have the O-line to protect him. And that's the big thing. Like Justin Fields got destroyed last week. Like you put he it was nicely. taking his you phrased it nicely though. When you first said <laughs> it, like he had it all, I was like, bro, we ain't watched the same game. Like I'm a buck, I'm a buck out of my heart, but my Hold man, on, what did I say? Kicked. You you had put it nicely, like he didn't have a oh. essentially. You oh, could, okay. I got you. Y'all can run it back and say you put it. You made it seem like <laughs> he like, fell like, short on the final drive yeah. or something. Like no, like it you. was bad. Like it was really I got bad. You. And you can say what you want about it being offensive line or just him not being able to process things, but it was bad, and that is okay because they're all rookie quarterbacks. They are going to look ugly, right. horrific for a long time. Right. Back to you, Deontay. And I think one one thing that also kind of popped in my head was like, like, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't really play his rookie year, but that next year where he was like the full time starter, he you know he went deep into the playoffs, and you know he ended up winning the Super Bowl actually that. That year he was a full time starter. They won the Super Bowl. Second or third, right? Second right. or third? I can't remember. And Such then a blur. you got the success of uh Lamar Jackson. Um Russell Lamar. Wilson played early in his career. You know, he has a Super Bowl ring. I think fans see like, man, we need a guy like that that can come in quick, learn it on the fly, not on the fly, but like learn it pretty quick and, and get us to where we need to be and like solidify himself as a franchise quarterback. But like like the earliest I can remember was back, I think what year was he drafted? Big Ben back in two thousand eight. But I, I just remember That's his rookie year. Career injury, he went, right? He was coming back from the career, not career injury. The, no, I'm thinking of Kellen Winslow. 
Well, Big Ben's rookie year, he went fifteen and one. Like okay, they he led them like to the AFC Championship game, I believe. But like that's like the first time I remember yeah, like a rookie quarterback coming in and just off the rip, just leading the team like to success. And so I think that's like part of it. Like, but like you said, it's a very like delicate situation as far as quarterbacks psyche and like being able to bounce back from you know a bad game where they're getting destroyed or throwing picks and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see because like for example the Jags and Jets are kind of like on the same um like as far as where Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are concerned like they're both on teams that are struggling slashed um haven't been in a bit like or should I say they've been given the keys already Whereas <laughs> Justin Fields, Justin Fields, he like you know the coach has already come out and says Andy Dalton is in charge and stuff like that. Question: Do you think it's fair situations like Zach Wilson, situations like Justin Fields, where they shouldn't be thrown into the starting lineup like that? Do you think it's fair? As I want to hear, I want to hear two sides of this, two point of views as a fan. And as Deontay the podcaster, you think it's fair to criticize those QBs in those positions that they're in because of the nature in which they are thrown into the spotlight like that? Well, I think so because, like, I mean, maybe it's just Justin Fields being professional, but, like, when you hear him speak about it, he always talks about how he's ready for the situation, ready for the moment. That's This is me as a podcaster. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Thanks, he's gonna. I, I mean, like a kid like him. I mean, he's gonna be put. And you had mentioned this earlier. He's gonna be put in the position at some point to play for this franchise. Like, be given a shot to be the franchise quarterback. Um, I mean, and Andy Dalton was hurt. Like, he was hurt enough not to play, or so they say. So, I mean, Ooh. he has to be ready for the opportunity. Um, and then as a fan, did you say as a fan? Yeah. Um, uh, I think the fans. I mean, I. I the one Chicago Bear, well, I know two Chicago Bear fans, and both want Justin Fields to play, and I think they're in they've that already, same particular. They're in that same yeah. predicament that we talked about earlier, where like, hey, we got a first round quarterback, let's play him now. Like Andy Dalton's a waste of time. Let's just get through what we need to get through. I mean, give the guy some experience. We may not make it to the playoffs. We may take our lumps and bruises, but the guy is playing. This is what we invested in. So let's not, or let's just start this now. Do you think this is coming from those fans in particular? And I, I know a few myself, a few random members that are Bears fans too. Um, but you think that this is because the fans are kind of accepting about the coaching that he is receiving from a questionable head coach? Or is it just like, <laughs> I'm ready to see the shiny new toy type of deal? I, I think it's a little of both. Um, because they're already questioning Andy Dalton playing over Justin Fields. And... Uh-huh the predicament and how the offense is being run at this point. And uh, it's clear. Well, I think it's clear that Matt Nagy is on the hot seat. Like I don't see him making it out. This is probably his fourth year. I think, I think they'll try to get in there too long. Yeah. I think they'll try to get somebody in there that fits Justin Fields that (laughs) a quarterback whisper, so to speak, that they can kind of unlock Justin Fields um, and get some weapons around him. Can, I mean, because that. De- <clears throat> Who'd you say? Oh, sorry, Eric the Enemy. My bad. I oh, that would be man, dog. Hey, yeah, that'd be a good fit. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. There's also another good offensive coordinator in the NFL that has success with 
uh, a young quarterback and has has a lot of continuity. I think he's the longest running QB coach slash OC with their current quarterback right now. You're not going to know who this guy is. I want to say he's he a no, like not a no name, but like a not a oh, held name. He's, he's a he interviewed for a head coaching spot in the NFL last year, hmm. and he interviewed for or he was offered a job for a Power Five uh, football team. Are you talking about Greg Roman from the Ravens? I, I am not. Uh-huh. I am not. That's another good close. pick, though. Yes, Greg Roman. He might be a good head coach. Uh, that'd be good head coach for the Bears. I give you a Who clue. Who you talking about? I give you a clue. You see, just the color. Yeah, I the can't color. see that. That's blue. No, no, it's just the color. Exactly. That's your. That's your hint. It's blue. Blue turf. Oh, you talking about Kellen Moore? I was going to guess Kellen that the first Moore. time. Kellen I was going to guess that the first time, bro. Kellen he's going to be the Cowboys head coach. He is. He interviewed for the, <laughs> the Eagles head coaching spot last year, so it's like I remember there, that. There are up and coming OCs that have skins on the wall that are that are. I mean, I hate to say it, but this is where the league is going. These not spread offense, but these very, very creative, unique, a lot of misdirection, quick passes. So it's a a modified West Coast, if you will. Uh, But I think the the Chicago Bears, they have an amazing defense. They had an amazing defense. They have a lot of depth. Uh, Yeah. Eh, No. They have they have a lot of young guys that I think would would have a lot of upside given uh, a new coach possibly. And I know a, I know yeah. a thing or two about bad coaches. <laughs> so, Trust me. Yeah, we mentioned we mentioned, we mentioned the Cowboys, man. How impressed are you with the with the last victory, man? Is it is it? I'll give it to you like this: they they awesome. beat they destroyed a Philadelphia Eagles team that we can kind of see is not one of the better teams in the league. And the Cowboys are not really known for causing turnovers, but I think they lead the league now, Dane, in creating turnovers. Am I right? How impressed are you with you guys? Yeah. You, you're absolutely right. So here's let me tell you something. The Cowboys have a really – they're very consistent at, at letting you down, okay? They win games that they're not supposed to, and they lose games <laughs> that they're <laughs> – they lose games that they shouldn't, but that – they are overdoing themselves this year. Let me tell you why. One, the turnovers. We didn't get this amount of turnovers that we have. We're currently leading the league right now with turnovers, if you didn't know. Big deal. Whatever. Is it sustainable? Is my concern. It's the, it's the second part to that is we didn't get to where we were in terms of the amount of turnovers we had until November last season. That's how bad it was. It was like the final week of November. It was just that bad. Like we just The defense was just not turning over. Like They were not... They were not pushing pushing the ball. Uh pushing off. They were not getting the ball at all. It wasn't happening. We're doing it this year, but I don't know if it I don't know if that's sustainable over time. I'm impressed for the standpoint of I expected far less from the defense. So it's not like I yeah. just you know, I'm gonna be honest. Your, your bar was low. My bar was very low. I was like, look, man, if we win by a field goal, I'm cool. If we lose by a field goal, I'm also cool. If we lose by two touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's like, okay, that that could happen. But overall, we have a bunch of young guys on the defense. This was last year. We spent, I think, the first six picks on defense, which we haven't done in a long time. But the thing about spending those picks on defense is picking the right guys, not just picking guys for the sake of filling up uh, those those roster holes and things like that. But picking the right guys will matters. And 
it is well documented. I was not a Marco Parsons fan. Uh, it is well documented. I mentioned it the previous episode and the episode before that. Um, the off off the field character stuff were very. It was very alarming to me, and I wasn't comfortable with you know uh, cheering for a guy that was accused of the things that he and a few other teammates were accused of doing. But that being said, if he turns out to be what he's supposed to be, what his potential says this year, just this year alone, then a number of teams passed up on a really good guy for the sake of we shouldn't draft an on-ball linebacker or off-ball linebacker uh, in the top 10 off-ball linebacker because um, he's so versatile. He, he has a lot to he can clean up. He's still very raw as a pass rusher, but I think that's something they can work with. And once he gets in that uh, that off-season program, the NFL's off-season program, yeah, you think they should keep him at the DN spot? Nah, 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 nah. They, they, it needs to be a case by case situation in terms of keeping it fresh. Don't put him at mm-hmm. the end just for the sake of putting him at the end. If the game plan dictates him going and playing a few snaps at defensive end, by all means do it. But you play to the strengths of that particular matchup for that week. You don't do it just for the sake of, oh, he has uh, leading the division and pressures and he has you know, 1.5 sacks and he's getting off the ball very quick. That's fine and all. But there right. are holes that need to be there are holes that need to be plugged on that in, the, in that linebacker position as well, Paul. Um, so yeah, that that's just my take. That's that's just me though. But that's not even the one I'm most surprised and impressed about on our defense. Trevon Diggs. 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 I already knew you was gonna say Diggs. <laughs> definitely, definitely makes up for you being upset about y'all not getting Patrick Sertan. Yeah. It, Unless it, you wanted it, Patrick Sertan on both sides or on the other side, that would have been kind of dope. Here's the thing about that, bro. I we have a need. We still have a needed cornerback. Just because yeah. Jalen Hurts crapped the bed versus the Cowboys doesn't mean our secondary. <laughs> you even got your boy fixed. Anthony Brown up pick. <laughs> yeah, like that's how I know. Like, yeah, this we need it. We need this. This is yeah. The, I will take the dub because it's a division rival. But the, me, I am going to be one of those type of people. Like, okay, I'll take the dub. But it's not like it, it's it's. It's just not the same as beating, you know, other playoff contending teams. It's supposed to right. beat up. It's supposed to beat up on little brother, little brother Phil. Right. But we still have holes in at the quarterback spot. So Patrick Detain would have been perfect here. Not to say that I don't appreciate what Marco, what Micah Parsons has brought to the table, but I'm being real. My 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 overall pick for that draft would have been J.C. Horn or Patrick Detain because of the need that we had. Um, but you know, he's balling out elsewhere. Well, at least one of them is. Speaking, speaking of balling out, uh, I think my Broncos are three and zero. One of the one of the uh, five remaining undefeated teams, along with the Raiders, Panthers, Cardinals, and Rams. But I will say this: I said all that to say this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's been against not so good teams. The Jets, that's okay. Giants, pro- and the Jaguars. They are still professional football but teams. They're, they're professional players, and I am excited because we have the Ravens coming up, and Lamar Jackson is going to be a very, very tough game. I'm definitely excited to see how we'll play against them. I think um, playing against somebody like Lamar Jackson, who, like, speaking of Lamar Jackson, a lot impressive. of their players have gone. Impressive. Yeah, very impressive, especially considering how much how many injuries they've had on their squad. Mm-hmm. Um but as far as the Broncos concerned, one of my one of my concerns going into the season, and this is before we even named the starting quarterback, was we had a top five defense, and we've shown that so far. Top five defense. 
it's going to depend on who's at that quarterback position and who can put us in a position to win football games by not turning the ball over, not putting the defense in bad situations. We named Teddy Bridgewater the starter to start the season. And as much as Drew Locke like, has the intangibles, probably the better arm, um, Teddy does the things as far as managing the game. And even more so this year so far, like Teddy has thrown deep balls, like things that people have said or the media have said that he does not do. He's done it in these three games. Like I've seen a couple of deep balls that he's thrown that look really, really nice. And I'm like, bro, if he can continue to do this, continue to get looks down the field and like be smart with the football. Like he has, I believe he has seven touchdowns, zero picks through the first three games. Like, that's the recipe for us to win. Like we have the defensive side of the ball. Von Miller was just named AFC AFC defensive player of the month. Um, we have a few injuries on the offensive side. We lost Jerry Judy for a few weeks. We lost KJ Hamler for the year, but we still got a lot of weapons um, with those two tandem tight ends, Albert O and Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. Um, Javante Williams coming out the backfield, a rookie Melvin Gordon. Um, we got Tim Patrick on the outside. Corlin Sutton's a beast coming off the ACL injury. Like, Everything is in place. I'm telling you, like, people are sleeping on us. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Broncos fan, but, like, the way the defense is set up, like, we just need Teddy to continue what he's doing now, putting us in a position to win by not turning the ball over, and we'll be we'll slide at least into that seventh spot. Um, definitely good right now to be on top of the division, even though we're tied with the Raiders, but to see the Chiefs uh, – uh, call for uh, desperate times. Call for desperate measures when they just signed uh, uh, Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon. Uh, at one and two. So we'll kind of see. But man, I'm excited. As far as these undefeated teams go, Dane, which which one? Hold oh on, man, hold on, bro. Bad. Hold on, bro. You ain't about to get up out of these questions. <laughs> you ain't about to get up out of these questions. Yeah, we gotta hold. We gotta hold your uh, your front office accountable real quick with go these ahead. questions. You feel me? Let me clear my throat real quick. All right, Deontay. First question. Hi, Dave Beasley from the Dual Source Sports Stuff Podcast. Question yes, for you, uh, Deontay. You must be the coffee guy. Okay. So, um, what are the expectations or the long term expectations that you have or plans that you have for Teddy Bridgewater? We have some very important uh, or very um, coincidental quarterback controversies that we could on the, they could be on the horizon after um, the season. What are you? Uh, what do you? I'm wondering this? if you're talking about a certain unnamed Packers quarterback. Um, I, I like Teddy. <laughs> oh. I like Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm, I'm guessing your question is, or if Teddy continues the ball out and say he leads us to the playoffs or a divisional champ or even a conference championship, you're saying should he still continue to be our quarterback and we should not try to trade for an unnamed Packers quarterback? And my answer to that question is yes, we should continue to keep Teddy Bridgewater as long as he's successful with the organization. Even if he takes, if he takes us to the playoffs and beyond, I think we'd still rock with Teddy. Um, I think why rock the boat if the boat is sailing through the ocean, you know what I'm saying? I think Teddy has shown so far, let me let me say this. So far, he has shown um, what it takes to succeed in the offense that Pat Schumer is running, um, succeed as a Broncos quarterback, as far as what I mentioned, as far as not turning the ball over. And so, yeah, I think we should keep Teddy. If I mean, Teddy is what, 30, about 32? I think he's 32 or 33. 
At least. Nah, at least he ain't no 40. Let me see. <laughs> nah, I was just joking. Um, hmm. I guess that leads me to my next question. Oh, he's 28. He's 28 years old. I'm horrible. So he's Young still, guy. you know, get a lot of years out of Teddy. Okay. Thank you for answering my question. Another question, follow-up. I'm uh, the guy in the back with the <laughs> yes, green you. hat on. Uh, it appears that this division, at least within, you know, the first few weeks of the NFL, is pretty, pretty, pretty competitive. Um, when you say things like, if we make to the playoffs, or we're rolling right now, or we are the best team in this division, possibly the conference, Um you think that puts a target on your back with the other three uh, division rivals, seeing as uh, they are also pretty competent and successful? Most definitely. Well? I think that, you know, we're 3-0. and The Raiders are 3-0. and Chargers are 2-1. and Chiefs are 1-2, and but, you know, they've been running this division for years. They, two year, two, a year removed from Ooh, being the years. Super Bowl champs. And AFC champions. I said a year removed. Yeah, oh, and yeah, the AFC yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean, it's not going to be easy in this division. So any, every week is going to be tough. Like mm. that's why it's very important. These next few weeks, we got the Ravens, Steelers, Raiders. I'm like, this is the toughest part of our schedule coming up. So it's going to be important to continue to get wins and to like continue to play like we've been playing. Like play great defense, control the ball, don't turn the ball over on offense, and that's the recipe for success for success for the Broncos, man. Interesting. Okay. No, no further questions. questions. I got a Thank question you. for you. That's all. Out of these last five undefeated teams, who's the last one that's going to be standing as far as staying undefeated? Not necessarily going 17 to 0, uh, but who will be the last undefeated team? Out of the Rams, Cardinals, Broncos, Panthers, and Raiders. Based on the schedules, possibly the Rams or the Cards. I, I, I think the Rams. I guess. Uh, the the Panthers they got to play the Cowboys. So, you know, that's gonna be a good game too. That's gonna go. The, um, the Broncos they also have to play the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gonna go. Uh, no further no further uh, guesstimations <laughs> on my part. Just know I have a lot of uh, collateral <laughs> on the line for that Broncos game. So uh, you know. oh yeah, <laughs> we, we're you, going to that game man? again. You, you mentioned <laughs> the, the the Rams, I, of course. I'm sure it's because of Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Matthew I told you, I told you about Stafford. Stafford putting him in the right situation where he's not on the lines, man. Impressed. I'm telling you, just wait till, wait till, wait till my, that, that, that is my Super Bowl game. pick, by the way. I did say the Rams over the Chiefs, sure so yeah, I, got, I got the Rams uh, um, staying undefeated, man. They're, they're like a train rolling right now. They handled the Bucks pretty well this past Sunday, the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, put Tom Brady in some bad situations on offense. They looked unstoppable. Deshaun Jackson looks like he's 25, still running past defenders. Got Cooper Cup balling out. Uh, hey, I, you seen it? You seen the tape? You seen the tape? Anyway, I got. I, I, I think the Rams, man. I think the Rams. Um, okay, I ain't asking any more questions about that. <laughs> Speaking of the the Buccaneers, Dane. Um, in my notes right here, I put athletes becoming the media, and I said I'll explain. The Bucks just signed Richard Sherman at corner, and we only found out. Man. We only found that out through his podcast. You no, know, Richard Sherman has went through a whole 
you know, situation in his life and he's coming back to the league. And one thing I wanted to mention right here that I think is pretty cool that um, a lot of these athletes or this, this is the one that came to mind, Richard Sherman, like taking into account their own narrative as far as being able to break their own news. So Richard Sherman broke, broke this news through his own podcast. And I think that's very important. A lot of people aren't talking about it. Like, you know, a lot of the times we hear how the media is twisting, you know, players' words, like in articles, through media sessions. And I think it's pretty cool that um, he has his own platform. And a lot of players have their own platform to where they can talk about what they want to talk about and shape it their own way. It's because it's about them. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the times yeah. it's not that way or somebody can read a word in an article and words could get twisted up. And so I thought it was pretty Definitely. decent, pretty cool how in a sense, a lot of these athletes are literally putting their own voice out to their own news. And I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Athletes. Hmm. Well, mixed feelings about that, Deontay. Um, mixed feelings about it. So one, my guy loses one game. And decides to throw in the Hail Murray and call up his homies. Like, hey, man, uh, what you doing this weekend or the next few weekends? Oh, you was chilling on the couch. You, uh, you want to play some football, bro? Oh, we yeah, talking about, you we talking about Tom Brady? Yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, we talking about Tom Brady. Uh, charity event next week. So, oh, yeah, sure. Well, I, I'd love to stop by. No, no, no. Um, I'm talking about actually throwing back on the pads and, you know, playing some football here in Tampa. Like, oh, say less. I've always wanted to play with Tom Brady type of deal. Man loses one game and goes crying to the Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame cornerback sitting on the couch. So I ain't hating. I'm just saying, like, with the kind of pull that he has in a situation like that to be like, hey, we suck on defense. I might be washed, but I ain't about to point that finger at myself just yet. But we need some we need some new blood at cornerback. And by new blood, I mean a, essentially a Hall of Famer come in here and and add some depth. Some uh, a, a good piece. So he putting together. He putting together experience. the. He putting together the monsters. <laughs> no, he putting together the goddamn Avengers. That's what he's doing. <laughs> so, my thing is, I love the fact that he's taking control of his own narrative. I, you know, Richard Sherman. For those who don't know or don't care, or have been very vocal about him. He, I believe, he negotiated his own contract with uh, when, when he went to the 49ers. So this is just the type of guy he is, an entrepreneurial spirit, and this self-empowerment uh, is a word I would use for him. But shout out to him. Uh, his story isn't over. Um, I'm sure he has some tough questions to, to answer to about the situation uh, a few months ago. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get his second chance uh, in the in the league. But, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool. One of the first things that I noticed, or not noticed, what do you remember the first time you read the the Players Tribune? Like the exact moment, like the the article or what this who wrote the article or something like that. Because I remember the first, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and lie. I don't remember the first person I read about. I do remember reading about. Oh, what's this Players Tribune? Click on the link. I was like, oh, this is written by so and so. He plays for so and so. Oh, let me read this. Right. Yeah, this is really good. He's got a future in, you know, journalism, like type of stuff. So in terms of players, you know, being able to be on the forefront and get their own news out like that, 
I think it's cool. I think it's cool, and I like it. I just didn't like it. It just happened to be with Tom Brady. Of course. Always gets his way. <laughs> Always gets Always his way. Always gets his way. Yeah, man, I thought that was a pretty cool note to talk about. Um, and in our We Are Getting Way Too Old segment, Dane, from NFL.com about a week ago, Steve Smith, Andre Johnson, about a week ago. lead modern era nominees of Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. Of those in their first year of eligibility, there's a host of all-time great playmakers leading the way for the Pro Football Hall of, Hall of Fame class of 2022 nominees. Wide receivers, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Andre Johnson, and freaking kick returner Devin Hester are among those highlighting the first-year hopefuls. We got DeMarcus Ware, another first-year nominee, defensive lineman Vince Wilfork, um, Couple of eligibles first year: Jake Long, Nick Mango, Antonio Cromartie. Dudes, we drafted in freaking fantasy drafts in Madden back in the day. Just like all these guys popping up, man. What do you What do you think about these names that are that are nominees for twenty twenty two? Like, I remember on MySpace creating a little background image full of Devin Hester pictures of him returning kicks and fast forward to now and a hell of a career one two is going to be impressive if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer as a kick and punt return or as a return specialist let me say that a return specialist because the man I remember the dude returning I was in high school. I remember this dude returning the opening kickoff to the Super Bowl for a touchdown versus the Colts. Yep. And I'm like, now I'm reading like this man is eligible to for the all of it. Like Tom, Tom just needs to Where slow the hell down. Did Tom go? Yeah, man. Where the hell did time go, man? So I don't know. I don't know, bro. Like it's it's cool to see some of our um, idols, if you will, uh, get drafted or not drafted that we watched get drafted and now the opportunity to, to get selected into the Hall of Fame, it's kind of, it's impressive. It shows you just the, the, how linear time is. And man, um, I, I just know DeMarcus Ware better be a first ballot guy, dang it. Cause if he don't, somebody's, somebody's getting their eye, somebody's getting poked in the eye or I'm stepping on somebody's toe. Everything you said, I agree I'm, with I'm gonna, for sure, bro. Just like, Time not slowing down. I think one of the first jerseys I ever owned was an Anquan Bolden jersey, but it was like dude, three man. sizes too big. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like that. that as most, look, as most as, jerseys uh, were yeah, back, you in know, back in the day. Back in the <laughs> 90s, early 2000s. Looking like, <laughs> looking like nightgowns. Yeah, that's how we used to rock it. But yeah, man, it's crazy to see these names Make on the list. Proud. Like, I wouldn't be mad. Take that thing two sizes <laughs> Out of all the receivers on this list, like I wish all of them can go in at the same time. I think they only. I'm I not, wish too, yeah. bro. Like <laughs> I wish to. It's stupid because we. I mean, obviously, there uh, all the people on this list. We always we we know there's only one quarterback that goes in per year, essentially. So that's a given. But you, there is a hell of a lot of good receivers on this list. Like who? What two people do you put on this list? And like, ah, yeah, I can't rationalize putting the other Over two them. guys on here. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, man. Like who you go like first year first year eligible receivers? What two what two receivers you putting in? Okay, there? out of those out of those receivers we got Bolden, Hester, Johnson, and Steve Smith. Oh well, I think I think I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm not gonna kick him to the side. I'm gonna scoot him to the side. Devin Hester to the side as returns, but because although he was a receiver, people primarily know him because of his returning abilities, which he owns the records for. And that's why on the on the other side, that's why I'm putting him in. Mm. Because yeah, he's getting it. Yeah, yeah. As a returner, he's definitely getting in. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But you're talking about solely based oh, no. on his drafting well, as a wide receiver. Oh yeah, Ooh. see, but I don't yeah. I don't think they're gonna put him in as a receiver here. Like I don't think he's on this yeah, list yeah, because he is a receiver. You know what I'm saying? So I think I like me personally, I would take that out of the equation. If so, like okay. if we're going strictly receiver, then yeah, I agree with you. I would take him out and I would probably put in um shoot, man. I think I put in Steve mm-hmm. Smith and Bolden if I had to choose two. Steve Smith? Yeah. Not playing. I put in Steve Smith. I'm playing. You probably go Andre Johnson because you look like Andre Johnson and then Anquan Bolden. <laughs> <laughs> we used to make that junk data all the time. Look. And man, he's a flame me up. He's a flame me up. I just had to sit there and take it. Uh, yeah, one more person I hate you. Uh, basically. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's conflicting because. And Quan Bolden, who I liken so much that you know, yeah, a, a slow receiver in high school that could like block and me. have hands. You know, yeah, wait, they could they could block and hands. I'm like, that's, that's me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. He's not slow by NFL standards. He's fast right. as hell. But in terms of my what I see, like, like yeah. he's way bigger than me, way stronger than me, way faster than me. But I think I could do the same Strong thing. Receiver, he does, but, yeah, most definitely, I agree with that. But then Steve Smith, it's like the that is you want to go into a bar fight. With ten DBs, I'm picking Steve Smith to come. Maybe with maybe Andre Johnson because the way he put his hands on Corlin. <laughs> <laughs> Beat the f out of that boy. Uh, Still one of the most iconic yeah, moments man, in recent memory, man. Bro. And he connected too. <laughs> like he, like it wasn't no like you know. Oh, why is so, so stupid? They punch each other. Well, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. He Elmus is off. And he. Or, or like we uh, the other sound effect we like to say <laughs> <laughs> clock that boy in his eye I agree with yeah, you though bro. man it's... He, he put the pause on him bro he put the pause and everybody everybody rejoiced man I'm sorry that was... yeah we, we said boy, all that to say stop. this Time, time is moving so fast. So enjoy yourselves. And also Thanks. enjoy it as we go to our next segment. What's that sound? No! Dirty news segment brought to you by Keith. Go ahead, Dane. Shout out to Keith. And there we go. Well, there we go. Uh, we missed out Shout on out Keith, last man. week's episode, but episode seven was the Party Thor episode, and it was probably my least favorite. Do you want to talk about it? Because I don't. 
Did you no, like it? I'm good. It was very. I didn't. No, it was, I didn't like in it. In terms of, it was a filler episode. Uh, that was the filler episode. the The only, the only um, reputable part important of the episode is probably the end, the very end. Um, yeah, and of which course, leads us to the, yeah. You already said it, right? You already said spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Oh okay. no, say it. Uh, spoiler alert. When spoiler Ultron, alert. When Ultron came through, oppression. When. Well, what do we call? Eh, I guess it would be Vision. Oh, he's Ultron. Uh, he's Ultron. When Ultron came through the portal, dog. Yeah. And then when I seen the boy had the boy had the fruity <laughs> boy had the fruity pebble on his chest. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what the hell did they get into? Oh man. man. So yeah, man. Epi- that leads us into episode eight, which dropped this week. Uh, it's called "What If Ultron Won." And it goes back to uh, Avengers 2, um, where Tony... And speaking of Tony, bro, we, we laughed at it in the group chat. They've killed Tony in this show uh, 15, five times? 15, 11 times? Five or six times? Like... They don't. They don't care about Tony Stark in this in this series at all. Um, but it goes back to Avengers two, where Tony says, "I want to make a suit around the world." He creates Vision's body, but this time Ultron succeeds in uploading himself to Vision's body, and he basically becomes the freaking Golden State Warriors uh, seventy two, <laughs> seventy three, and nine, bro. Like nobody could stop him, bro. He split Thanos in half while Thanos well, had the gauntlet with bro. stones in it. Wait a minute. Marvel got to answer to that. Cause I agree thing, with you. We, go we ahead. Go ahead with you. Yeah. We know that Vision was hurt. His phasing was hurt because he got stabbed by, uh, by was it, by the blade of uh, not Harry Maul, but um, Claw. Man, what's his name? The Black Order. <laughs> one of the Black Order members. <laughs> yeah, the, the married couple. He got stabbed by one of their blades in the in some sort of magic or whatever and it prevented him from phasing or whatever so it's like he was nerfed he basically the first five seconds of that scene when thanos stepped out of that portal in his galactic tall tee and got split in half i was like, okay yeah he, my, my, my dog was nerfed like because there's no way yeah there's no i think it was a lot of discussion about that anyway back when the movie came out infinity war a lot of people were talking about because I wasn't very familiar with Vision. Like I was only watching the movies and stuff, and a lot of the discussion was about how Vision hasn't really been the Vision compared to you know the comics or whatever. But um, yeah, man, for him to just split that dude like in point five seconds or whatever it was, kind of just I think I think the MCU likes to use um, kind of like me- not measurement. I don't know the correct word for it is, but like the way we've seen Thanos and what we saw from Thanos previously, right? Metrical like strength. we saw Thanos as one of the the top villains, if not the top villain of the MCU. And then, so with that in mind, they're using him in this episode to elevate Ultron. As far as Ultron splitting him in 0.5 seconds, that's I think that's their way of saying, hey, this is a more crazy threat. Yeah, and it also highlights another thing, how... When we talk in, in, when, in terms of people being nerfed, a lot of people were pissed off about Ultron and how nerfed he was when Ultron he arrived was in, the second, nerfed, in, yeah. in the second Avengers. People were pissed off about that. So, it, again, it highlights not only the 
the level, the, I guess power level, we, we really shouldn't talk about power levels because there's only things you have to take in consideration when you talk about that. But he finally gets his justice because there's a, there is an Ultron hive. Um, he, I think he finally gets, <laughs> he got his due. And they all them fools came out the woodwork online in the comment sections of your favorite website. Like yeah. all of them dudes came out. So shout out to, you know, the MCU finally put some respect on Ultron's name, but it's just a shame we had to wait this long. But, you know, it yeah. was cool. It was cool the way it happened. It's like, you didn't know who to root for in that moment, but I guess a little bit of me just knew that the fight was going to be like, all right, we didn't get Hulk and Thanos, but maybe we, we can see something with this Ultron and, and Thanos and, that didn't last at all. <laughs> nope. Nope. Like, so, um, yeah. So. I was going to say, we talked about it before we started recording, but um, we didn't know uh, Ultron. We didn't know the Watcher had hands. And so, what what's crazy and what I, I've noticed in these episodes, I think the first time we saw the Watcher kind of interact with like, cause you know, the first couple episodes, he's like, I cannot intervene. I'm like literally watching. I'm telling you the story about what's going on. And then that Doctor Strange episode, which he knew. deals with the multiverse, deals with the multiverse. That's I think that was the first episode where we saw him interact with the characters in there. And then this one is full blown dealing with the multiverse. And he is actually like full blown interacting with the characters Ultron hears him and that scene with them fighting like he was punching them different dimensions that part was so lit like I can only imagine how live that would be in a live action version oh speaking of that so this is what I picked up on so Watu Watu was just the watch's name um he the entire episodes all the episodes we could see him literally standing in a place that only he can see and he's aware of like a he's, silhouette. Yeah. He's basically peeking through a window. He, you know, <laughs> he peeking through a window as you driving through on the highway. Like, you oh. opening up that window. <laughs> yeah. And this multiverse, he actually decides to take this exit versus staying on the highway. Yeah. Like, he's chilling there watching the whole time. So like we Ultron, are. <laughs> yeah. When Ultron gets the drop on dude, Ultron, I think he's basking in the idea of beating this man's ass in front of people because he's take, he's, and this is where I, this is where I love they tap into Ultron's character because him doing stuff that's super intentional, super personal. When he was going after the Avengers uh, in Avengers two, like it was very personal, like the way that he was killing folks or attempting to kill folks, going after Tony and them, like hitting them where it hurts was personal. What he did to Watu, beating his ass in front of everybody, you know, he was in the universe where Steve Rogers was the president, uh, Mm -hmm. taking him through all these different places and just whooping his behind. This was personal. And it was it it speaks to the level of pettiness that Ultron has and also speaks just to the level of. Put getting how you how you get dunked on on pretty much every dimension and you're yeah. supposed to be the person that sees all of this. So it that in right. itself was that's, kind that's of dope the, and impressive. Right. And that's the crazy thing. And I know, like, with every episode we've talked about, I always come back to that question. Like, dang, how is this going to tie into the... I'm always looking... I've always been looking for that tie-in, right? And I think this last episode, 
I mean, we've seen it in this episode, but the last episode is supposed to be the Guardians of the Multiverse or whatever. But when Ultron kind of said at the end, and I don't know if I'll be right or not, but he was like, I can see everything. Like, I could see every multiverse similar to the Watcher. Like, at this moment, he sees what the Watcher sees, in my opinion. And maybe even Doctor Strange, the evil Doctor Strange. You know, we got the Multiverse of Madness coming up. Like, I think... Like the part where they start breaking through the different dimensions, I I think that connects to what we saw in WandaVision when Wanda kind of was able to hear her children through another multiverse. And I think that happens at the same time of uh, Loki when um, He Who Remains has said, we had just crossed the threshold. Like he didn't know what was happening anymore. I think at, that's, I think all of those line up like uh, what like why it's breaking and why everything's acting weird you you said uh, you said something right there he who remains i wonder somewhere he's chilling looking at all of this cuz he's he's untouchable in terms of his capabilities and what he's able to do so i wonder what he's what he's doing cuz we saw through the the TVA the the, the infinity stones are pretty much useless so i'm curious a, just how powerful this man is again, because we we in their universe they they don't do anything they because time flows of course differently in the TVA universe. So I'm curious the power levels of he who remains and what he's doing at this particular time. Does he's just watching his ass beating because the time? I mean the time washer, the watcher the, the watcher he obviously can't intervene. I mean he kind of was his hand was forced when old dude you know came. Popped up in his uh, his uh, bodega and was like, "Hey, bro, what you doing to beat his ass?" So he had to, you know, defend himself. My man's had to fight back, big ass head boy. Um, so I'm, I'm, just, I guess I'm just curious about that. But I guess we'll as everything unfolds, we might get to see it. But yeah, bro, the possibilities of seeing this in live action. I mean, obviously we know that's what pro- that that probably would have taken like 15 years for us to get that rollout of, of videos. I mean, movies and stuff. But yeah. The fact that we got it in just a matter of a few weeks, solid. Mm-hmm. Solid. Right. right. Like the way they, like, I don't even know how the so called Guardians of the Multiverse, which I think is the last episode where they get all the characters the um, T'Challa, Star Lord, Captain Carter. Um, we got Black Widow out of this episode, um, Gamora. Um, I, I'm not sure how they'll be able to defeat this Ultron. He looks literally unstoppable, bro. Like I, I'm only theory I I'm got. interested to see. Take his ass to the TVA where his power is useless and beat his ass there. Uh, outside of that, yeah. I don't. I don't know how. Well, you know, I know how they do it together. <laughs> it's, yeah, interesting to see after together. the last episode. I don't know. But yeah, that that would you rate this as the best episode so far? Yeah, this is number one. This is yeah. number one to me. Number two is the Doctor Strange episode, and then number three is the uh, the Star the T'Challa Star Lord episode. Those are my three. I, those yeah, are my top I three. think I would go with those same three. Um, maybe even add the uh, zombie episode just because <laughs> zombies. You know, zombies are always cool to see, um, and you know, it's one of the most talked about what if scenarios. Um, but overall, man, I, I enjoy this series. Def- definitely didn't know what to expect going in to it and how I would feel about animated 
you know, animated show that's in the MCU. But I'm definitely satisfied. And I feel like this next finale is going to really, really kick things off. They're going to be a season two for sure. But definitely waiting for that that last little tie-in to what we got going down in the MCU, man. But yeah. So and, and um, thing, one, one last thing, people y'all yeah, better not sure. sleep on. Y'all better not sleep on Ultron. Cause another spoiler alert, comic book spoiler alert during the secret wars, doom had to recruit Galactus to take out Ultron. Mm. So, and he looked, bro, it, that part was, did you see that part where he was eating? It looked like he's eating was, the world. Yeah. That he was looked like Galactus. That was without an infinity. Yeah. I mean, no, that was without the mind stone, if I'm not mistaken. But Secret Wars, Doom had to recruit a big, uh, a celestial to take this dude out. Excuse me. So, don't, Ultron ain't no punk now. Like, yeah. You know what they yeah. say about when you have to kill uh, crazy people in movies? Like, you got to either blow them fools up or shoot them in the head. You can't just, <laughs> you can't just punch them and throw them off a cliff. Like, that's not going to work. Right. Like, and that fool is crazy. Right. Like, crazy, crazy. So, yeah. Take take with that information you will. Yep. Then next week, of course, we will talk about the finale of What If, episode nine. And as we get yes, out sir. of here, Dane, uh Venom, Let There Be Carnage is that dropping this weekend. Venom. And the reviews are kind of coming out about it. People are like iffy about it. But one thing that was said is uh there is a tie-in potential tie-in to the MCU Finally. in this movie. Finally. So I'm definitely excited to see what that is about. Um, are you going to try to see it this weekend? I, I'm definitely, well, uh, I'll have to try to find time, but yeah, um, same here. I definitely want to, I I mean, I like Venom. I think Tom Hardy played the character, Brock Hardy, or Brock Hardy. <laughs> uh, Eddie Brock, <laughs> Eddie Brock pretty well, but um, it's the room, long rumored was how he was going to connect to Spider-Man, how and if they were going to meet. I don't even know Spider-Man in this movie, but there are rumors that there is a connection to the MCU Spider-Man. So I'm excited to check it out and kind of see how that is Ooh. going to happen. Multiverse. Uh-oh. Multiverse. There multiverse, you go. Multiverse, 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 multiverse. Like the same thing that we're ha- we just mentioned, how all those scenarios yes. happen at the same time. This could be... They probably just had to wait. They probably just had to wait, which is why we couldn't get a trailer for so long and all this stuff. But multiverse, this is possible. Multiverse, yes. Yeah. Gosh. Ah. Yeah, man. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) Look, so uh, dominant. That clip clip of uh, old buddy from uh, was it was it UNC? He was like, "Let's go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Let's go. <laughs> for real, man. Definitely excited to, to check that out. Um, but episode 62, Dane, 63. not 63, of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening or watching on YouTube. YouTube. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Apple. Check us out on Spotify as well, YouTube, all those great things. You can check us out on our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com. We out. <laughs>